0: Radhika Subramanian, Supply Chain Practice Leader at Slalom, a business and technology consulting firm, offers a step-by-step path to supply chain agility, right now on the Patient-Driven Supply Network podcast. So Radhika, welcome to this thought leadership uh, series that Tracelink is, is sponsoring. It's obviously very exciting to have supply chain thought leaders, industry thought leaders like yourself. Um, talking about your experiences, your insights, uh, and in particular, you know, one of the pieces on the table that we've teed up is uh, this, you know, technology and, and vendor agnostic um, supply chain, agile supply chain credo, which we're going to touch on. And I think it gives us a, a great agenda and especially uh, in your domain of, you know, where is where could analytics take us? Because I think, that is the that's the hidden gem, that I think we're going to see in the next couple of years. So, uh, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you from Slalom. Um, I love your perspectives from the discussions we've had. So, over to you to introduce yourself.
1: Well. Radhi, thank you so much. And first and foremost, thank you so much for inviting me to participate in this webinar. I'm, I'm absolutely delighted. So my name is Radhika Subramanian and I am the supply chain uh, practice leader for Slalom. And Slalom is a global consulting firm and we've got an amazing partnership with um, companies like AWS. We are in fact, a, you know, a premier partner. So my background, I have been working on supply chain and data-driven supply chain capabilities for a fairly long time. Um, I was very fortunate in actually having the opportunity to work with one of our clients in building what's called a demand-driven supply chain. And it was such a fantastic success that you know Gartner wrote a white paper on it. And now what I'm doing at Slalom is working with our partners and our clients to really enable what's called a smart supply chain or an agile supply chain, which is absolutely a need and necessity today.
0: That's fantastic. And, you know, given the the agile credo, I mean, what really pops out? I mean, there's hundreds of things that you can derive out of the credo, but what really pops out at you, when you when you look at that credo
1: you know the word agile is so overused right so what does agile really mean uh, you know when i think about agile i think about it's almost a sports terminology right it's a full body response for example if i pinched you on your toe it takes your entire body to respond. you know to to respond to that you know kind of a a thing. So agility is the ability of an organism, an organization, a body to actually have a full body response to something. So for me, the supply chain agility really means that the organization end to end has really been able to connect the pieces so that they can seamlessly respond no matter which part of the organization they're in.
0: Yeah, and I, I absolutely love that simple, very uh, illustrative definition of whole body response. It makes me think of that healthcare picture you see of the, I think it comes from Greek mythology of the human body stretched out in a circle. And, and everything is connected. You know, to improve something, you've got to improve everything. And I And I think that... Analytics is, is such an untapped uh, opportunity. So, so w- when you think about this whole body response, I mean, what jumps out at you as, you know, th- the big opportunity for, for analytics? And because I think things change, right? I mean, we've, right. many companies have spent billions of dollars putting in transactional reporting systems. Yeah. And, and that's not what the future is about. So what is the future about?
1: You know, that's a really good question, Roddy. And you're right. Companies have spent decades trying to put together, you know, enterprise applications and supply chain systems, right? But as we have gotten better and better at these applications, unfortunately, we have gotten more and more and more siloed and more and more and more specialized. What that's kind of rendered is literally the fact that we are very good at very small pieces of it. We have started to specialize applications that are very good at pieces of it, but we've really not focused well on thinking about this as an end-to-end capability. So over 80% of supply chain execs have really said that end-to-end visibility is probably their number one requirement for a smart supply chain response. If you don't know what's happening across the organization, you really can't respond you know, in an intelligent kind of way.
0: You know, and I, and I love that perspective and it's it, a question or a perspective jumps out at me. One of my coaches, mentors in my career said to me, Roddy, never ever say it's a leadership problem because I don't know what that means. Leaders don't know what that means. But I will say, that one of my concerns and observations is that supply chain and function leaders don't necessarily know how to think about the huge opportunities in analytics. So how do you address that, right? Because your challenge is you knock on the door and you say, I'm here to help you with analytics. They're going to give you what's front of mind. What is the problem that I tactically have today? I have a quality or a contract manufacturing or an inventory, blah, blah, blah. How do you take their mindset into the whole body experience scenario without making it look like and sound like you know the world's
1: problems? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. And you know, technologists are guilty of thinking in terms of technology. We think in terms of analytics or data, but no customer ever says, give me analytics or give me a pound of analytics. It really doesn't, how do you buy analytics? I don't know. Nobody says, hey, I want some analytics. And if they do, Roddy, that means they really don't have, they haven't understood their problem, which is a whole nother problem, right? So business leaders typically come to us to say, here are the issues I'm struggling with. I'm struggling with too much inventory. I'm struggling with very long lead times for my customers. I'm struggling with, you know, the order is never right the first time. So it, the entire journey of analytics really begins with a business problem. And once you understand the business problem, then you'll start peeling the onion back to say, oh, you have long customer lead times. I wonder why that is. You know, let's look at where the orders are coming from, where your parts are coming from, how you fulfill them. And then you'll use a combination of people, process, technology, data to really respond to it. So any one of those KPIs that you have Really ends up becoming an end-to-end solution. You you literally don't have to force it,
0: and that that really illustrates the the home body the whole body experience. And in fact, one of the recommendations that that I often make to people because you know one of the responses you can get uh, to the problem is. Man, I've got so many problems. I don't know where to start. You know, I've got an inventory problem. I've got a, you know, teamwork problem. My contract manufacturers are are not delivering quality, etc. And 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 you said yourself, oh my gosh, where do I start with this person? One of the suggestions I make, and and I'd love to hear your response, is, okay, let's start with. The twenty percent of your issues that you're discovering that prevent you from being agile and responsive to any demand changes or any, uh, you know, disruptions in the marketplace. So, so let's think about the twenty percent that cause eighty percent of the issues. Is yeah. is that an approach that works for you? And 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 is there anything that jumps out in the credo that kind of helps you along those lines?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know the idea of having to create an end-to-end total solution is extremely daunting i mean when we look at supply chain leaders today when we look at companies that have done a really good job at customer response at being resilient this wasn't done in one day. This is a slow and continuous process, right? But how do you really do that? The way you do that is you kind of do an evaluation of where are we today? Where are the gaps and the cracks? What are we not doing well? Where could we fill in to make this more responsive. And then over a period of time, you start laying and augmenting your capabilities with the kind of solutions you need. And that's where partners like AWS come in with an amazing set of capabilities, right? You can augment on top of your legacy systems, the kind of capabilities and analytics and, you know, data responses that give you the speed to be able to respond. So this is kind of my long-winded answer too. It isn't done in one day. It's really done as a continuous process, right?
0: Radhika you've you've identified some really good starts like go out and understand the end-to-end process and figure out you know what are those issues that are causing you pain what do you think leaders companies need to stop doing because you know often the start is great but the stops really get in the way they just kind of frizzle out the the energy
1: right um the the most critical stop is siloed thinking right and so when you look at leaders today they have over decades really built out specializations in very specific areas but when you look at customers and how customers are coming to us and how they are buying they're coming almost channel agnostic they may come through a mobile phone, they may come through social media, they may come through a website, they may walk into a store. And the order fulfillment is also channel agnostic. They may say, I'll pick it up on a curb or deliver it, or I'll pick it up from a shipment center or your store, right? Or here's a different address. So I think that the promise of digital supply chain is that I will give you the product or the service at the place at the right time with the highest level of service. And to be able to do that, you have to really start thinking of the organization as kind of a seamless end-to-end continuity so that you can look at your available supply end-to-end and start to look at what the demand is so you can respond to it really well. So my one single thing would be the siloed thinking Really, that's a big stop. We have to stop that.
0: And, you know, I have a great story to tell, and it's very public domain. And that is the the CEO of Procter & Gamble, who you know, coined the expression, the first moment of truth is the products available when the customer slash patient wants it, needs it. And, and I can remember I was in the room when he said, I don't care that manufacturing shipped it on time. If it wasn't on the shelf, you all failed as a system. So that's the whole body experience, right? So don't tell me logistics did it right, manufacturing did it right, but you know customer service and account management did it wrong because you all failed in my, my opinion. And I think that's a, a good uh, um, indication. You know, I, I think um, one of the things that I'm seeing more and more, and I love to track, just what the publications and the media and social media are pushing out, and there's a flurry of AI and machine learning, and you know it, it's a, it's all ready for prime time.
1: Yes. And yeah. and
0: and and I and I think that that's not true, right? And and we have to be very careful that we don't uh, lead leaders to think, you know, here we go again. I had a CEO once that said you IT people are the only people that do your hobby at work, right? It's not a hobby to go AI and machine learning. We, yeah. we gotta, yeah. so what would your comment be about the pragmatic introduction of very sophisticated capabilities like machine learning and artificial intelligence into supply chains?
1: You know, I'll kind of go back to the comment I made earlier that technologists are guilty about thinking about technologies in silos. And because of that, and also I think the second part is the lack of connectivity to the business problem itself, right? And so because of that, Rodin, you're aware of this, we see so many POCs with amazing technologies. Every company has them. It's almost like a graveyard of POCs, right? And the way to actually get away from that is for these technologies to really connect with the business problem. If you think about AI or ML, not as AI or ML, but to really turn around to say, what is the supply chain problem that I have? I have orders that are getting delayed. Oh, how could I solve that? Well, let me look at the transactional orders And there is a pattern of delays over here. Let me use technology like ML or machine learning to learn from the patterns of delays and start to predict it. Oh, when it comes from Savannah with this certain distributor or this 3PL out of this warehouse, with these parts there's a 85 percent chance of delay let me bubble those to the top and proactively tap a person on the shoulder when we see it again so this is my long-winded way of saying that it's really the responsibility of technologists to work with the business users understand the problems that they have and connect it back and say you know We can actually solve that problem with this combination of technologies because at the end of the day, in my opinion, the business leader doesn't care so much about the technology, but they really do care that you have solved their problem.
0: You know, and it wasn't a long-winded answer at all. I think it was an excellent example of what, in fact, we are living in the end-to-end healthcare system, right? Because you have a very complex supply chain downstream. You have distributors, wholesalers, retail pharmacies, clinics, hospitals, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's very complicated. And unless you can bring all the data together, and start looking for the insights. If you look at those things functionally, you're not gonna see the interactions between, yes. okay, it's really weird. This happened in the retail channel, but it's also happening in the clinics channel. So is there a common denominator? So I think it's an, it was an excellent example of how you trace the problem from, and, and I think it illustrates an important point, on time in full at the point at which it really counts Yes. All the way back into the supply system and go and find and then model and use these advanced technologies to flesh out and identify the new questions that we should be asking. Is it always this wholesaler, this warehouse, this three pl this and I think that that was it so it 's a great example, and I think the healthcare system lives that uh, lives that all of the time. So, so Radhika, I mean, this has been really great. I mean, obviously we can't you know, solve the, the analytics and supply chain ch- challenge in, in one word, but I think, you know, I recently um, did a, a podcast on, um, you know, the use of platforms like AWS and supply chain. I'm kind of blown away by the response I got to it because I think people, leaders, businesses are generally realizing that, you know, ERP wasn't a bad move. It was necessary, but it's not sufficient. And, and I think very part and parcel of that not sufficient is the analytics that the ERP vendors have given us are just not well enough established in the outside in end to end supply chain. So what, what nugget of recommendation, if you had to, if you were sitting in front of a CEO of a $60 billion global pharmaceutical healthcare company and you said, you know what? I want to leave you with a radika nugget of wisdom. Just go and chew on this and and see where it takes you. What would that be?
1: Um, It's a really excellent question. And, you know, Roddy, it's very, very easy to quickly blame the old and think that the new is wonderful, right? So we are in a time of continuous change now, what companies have done over the last few decades is really invested in applications that do a certain set of processes really well you know and that was required at the time and given the speed of at which business moved it worked but the speed of business is just going faster and faster and the volatility is increasing really dramatically so, which kind of brings us to the agility, right? Why do we need agility? We need agility because of this volatility. We need to be able to respond to this volatility. So, Siloed systems, no matter how good your analytics is on a single warehouse management system, on a single finance system, it really doesn't help you to respond to the, you know, to the volatility really well. So my one piece of advice to any CEO would be get your leadership together. How, let them start thinking about the interaction between their divisions. How does the distribution center really contribute to the inventory? How does the you know product person really think about the product mix? How does the e-commerce person really look at the orders and you know the demand that's coming in and where are they pulling the fulfillment from? So in that cross silo, thinking based on the business problems that they're trying to address. Through that will emerge the need for, aha, if we get this data from our ERP system and this demand coming from the e-commerce and we put it together, we will actually be able to see how to fulfill this better. Which kind of brings me to the need and the fantastic solution of augmented analytics on top of legacy systems. So what this augmentation does is... It says, you know, we don't have to invest in, in integration because that's really expensive. Let's start augmenting the data in a overlay as an overpass so that now we have cross-silo visibility. And where leaders like AWS kind of, you know, become important is you can now, by migrating that to a cloud, you have such resilience and broad access, you know, to systems like that. So my one piece of advice would be, bring your leaders together, start thinking cross-silo.
0: I, and I think that's a fantastic piece of advice. And and if I can add into that a, a, a sort of almost a piece of his, history where, you know, CEO of P&G says, look, when I make a promise to a shopper that it's going to be on the shelf, it will be on the shelf. So let's look at everything that leads to that shelf. You know, I, um, Public domain. If you go and look at Novo Nordisk's annual report, you'll see they talk about you know the CEO wants the right diabetic equipment right in the hands of every single patient. Well, if if it's in the hands of the patient, it means it has to go through all the stages of the supply chain, from the uh, initial production of delivery systems and insulin all the way to the patient in a hospital. And if you think about that in silos. It makes it extremely difficult because integration just becomes the showstopper, let alone the visibility of all the data. So, so I think that's a, that was a it's an excellent point of view, and and I think that more and more CEOs, in my opinion, are starting to realise that the supply chain model, the end-to-end value network, whatever you want to call it, is in fact the business operating model. It's not just a product supply-driven network that produces hundreds of days of inventory and hopes like crazy that it's going to be at the right place at the right time. So in closing, Radika, and it's been a real privilege to talk to you, I think this has fleshed out some really good high-level point of view, as was the intention in the Agile credo, right? It wasn't here the answers are, but take these core North Star, Guiding Visions, take it as a blueprint for transformation. Go look at these statements because they're deeply rooted in all the agile capabilities that you need to build. So what would your closing thought be in respect of, you know, bringing people back to earth? Because we all know, you know, as well as I do, people are going to listen to this and say, yeah, this credo is great, but it doesn't tell me what I need to do differently tomorrow. What would your nugget be?
1: No, um, that's a really good question and I, you know, I don't think it's just one nugget. I think it's a sequence of nuggets. I think the first nugget would be the technology and capabilities exist today to overlay legacy systems and create a uh, agile or smart responsive system. So that's the, that's the first one. The second, which is almost a little you know, contradictory or contrary is that technology and data is not the only answer, right? The most agile, the most responsive are your people, right? So it's really a combination of people and technology. So how does that come together? The way it comes together is machines do a great job of automating repetitive tasks. So we should leverage that automate as much as we can just isolate the exceptions and that's where human intelligence is so valuable it would be so great for a human to wake up or just be nudged on the shoulder to say these are the only five orders you need to look at don't worry about the others they've been taken care of so that combination of computing power man and machine is really a great solution and then the last piece is the job's never done, right? The world keeps changing. So this needs to be a continuous cycle of, as we learn more, we say, oh, we know how to do this. Let's automate this part of it. Here are the exceptions. So human intelligence should really be used to really manage the exceptions, make sure things are going on track. And I think we should just accelerate automation to do what's repetitive. And that's, I think, a blend of the both, you know, both worlds.
0: Very pragmatic. And you certainly, you've left me with a nugget. And that is, you will hear me use again, and you will see it in my writing, this whole body experience. Because I think that's probably such a simple thought, and yet it's a profound thought. And it's a profound challenge for a lot of organizations is for the whole business to behave as one body. It's, it's not about just your feet or your hands. If, if your feet if are broken, you can't walk. If your hands are broken, there's other things you can't do. So it's been a great privilege to have you. Uh, we certainly look forward to uh, working with you in the future. And uh, this has been fun. It's been a very stimulating discussion. So thank you very much. I appreciate your time.
1: Well, Roddy, thank you so very much. And you're right. You know, agility is really about fitness, right? So Um, I have so enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so very much and have a fantastic day.
0: You too, Radhika, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.